Oh, yeah. Welcome to the book's 2019 holiday office party, complete with music. Well, I had to cut it off because I don't want us to get sued or whatever. So, or Facebook might take us down. Facebook could very well take yeah. us down. If so. not for that, I'm sure for something that I might say in the next, I don't know, four hours or however long this one's going to go. Hey, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hello. So for anybody who uh, um, isn't watching, uh, we're joined again by Misty Bennett, Jesse Lawrence, and Rob Olson, as always. This is our permanent holiday team um rob some interesting things just happened over there in your picture do you want to share with uh with everybody what's going on there i um i put some lights on so it's it's green and green and red holiday festive i was absolutely inspired by uh the halloween episode where livius had the best uh ambient lighting of all of us and i was like i'm not gonna let that motherfucker uh, one up me again, so I went out and spent hundreds of dollars on hue lights so that I could change them at whim from my phone. That's um, that's a good way to spend your money, I guess, to make sure. If you notice, I just went with four white lights um, here in the front, blinding white lights. Uh, now that I think about it, um, Misty, what's happening behind you there on the couch? I just wanted to add some holiday glitter, so I have some sequins and. I'm not sure what to call this, but a little ambiance. It's party. Very, festive. Very nice. And there's uh, something fuzzy and furry moving around at the bottom of your skull. Oh, oh, my God. She's back. That's a curious ornament. For a holiday episode. Hang <laughs> that dog on a tree. Um, no, she's in the like south. In a, like that means night. something totally different in the south. <laughs> this is very true. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, how are you? I'm well. Good. Sorry, I'm trying to check and make sure that our feed is up and going. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to Rob for a minute. All right. So for anybody who is uh, new to watching us or listening to us, um, uh, we have a tradition that started at some point probably five five plus years ago where – we like to do our holiday episodes, um, especially Christmas and um, Halloween. And recently, in the last probably year and a half or so, we've been doing them live as live streams on Facebook. So this is our whatever annual um, office holiday party. They were the Christmas extravaganza for a while. I think Livia's like the term office holiday party. So because it really is, it's like it's it's all of the employees of booked getting together and celebrating christmas so um that's what we're doing unpaid interns for legal reasons i'd like for us to use unpaid interns in case this ever ends up in court (laughs) and um so typically with our holiday episodes we'll do a little bit of homework sometimes it's reading stuff usually it's more likely that we watch something and we'll have a discussion about that and then we'll kind of theme the rest of the discussion more or less around whatever holiday we're talking about um sometimes there's quizzes sometimes there's other stuff sometimes we talk about games that'll get you killed um so who knows what you're in store for this episode um i know i know one thing we're in store for um this episode me for getting messages from work that i probably have to take care of oh no um but we did we did watch a movie and that movie um is a home alone Starring Macaul- Macaulay Culkin. 
Um, and I think we're going to talk about that first. Is that is that accurate, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. uh, with the holiday party episodes, one thing that we've been doing, I think the longest tradition that we've had is um, a gift exchange. So at some point uh, during this episode, we'll be doing a gift exchange. We've all sent gifts to each other. And we'll open them and share them with everybody who's watching. I want to break in and let you guys know Adam Belcarelli, also known as Adam and Oshkosh, whose legs don't work, uh, chimed in to say, sometimes Rob shows us his nipples. <laughs> so to, to be Spoiler fair, alert. Yeah, he always shows them to us, Adam. <laughs> he only sometimes shows them to you. Good point. <laughs> Good point. I, I vaguely remember getting off. I think it was in one of these calls, and, and Rob didn't even have a shirt on anymore. Does anybody else remember this? No? Some people are Nobody trying to Nobody wants to talk about it publicly. Some, yeah. <laughs> so. Some are trying to forget it. The screenshots still exist. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Well, I mean, I have nice nipples. So you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, since this might be a um, shorter episode, do we want to start with a gift opening? Whoa. Ooh. Let's do it. Bold. Do we have a volunteer? A bold choice, sir. All of mine that you have are the same. Okay. If that sounds like a good starter because Yeah, everything I sent to everybody was different. It's it's so All right. I'll be so Mr. Are you volunteering? Time. Are you volunteering? Like to let first? you guys first? Yeah. open first. Yeah. yeah. Go for All right. it. Let's do it. I've got my trusty butterfly knife. <laughs> Just in case I run into some. Uh, this is my favorite part of the holiday episodes because the movies we pick are generally garbage. <laughs> so, this part is always fun. And right, I want to be very clear that I gave Livius an opportunity to change the movie that we were watching for this episode. Well, I also feel like mega spoiler alert for the movie review. Yeah, mm. seriously. Okay. Socks. Did everybody get some socks? <laughs> Yay! It did. Socks. I was Thank expecting so. Tallulah, so I'm a little let down right now. <laughs> Maybe next year. Next year. <laughs> all the people that gave you Tallulah socks, you're like, I know what I'm going to do with all these socks. I'm giving them to everybody else. I have a box. Is anybody have a box like this? Yeah, everybody should be opening that box. Oh, I think I think we might have a winner already for, Whoa. for the uh, gift exchange. And I had got one for oh. myself also. This is super touching. I already saw what it was through the bubble wrap. <clears throat> so for anybody that's watching, this is amazing. This beautiful curved glass photo of the four of us, and this was taken. This photo was taken in Minneapolis for AWT, AWT Minneapolis in ooh, 2015, 14? <clears throat> that sounds about right. Yeah. This What's... actually occurred during a call with Axel Tayari. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's where this photo came from. This Beautiful. is awesome and now a new permanent part of the book podcast desk. This is awesome, Misty. I think, I think we might have a winner. We'll see. Three more gifts to come, but this was uh, this was fantastic. Nicely Thanks. done, Miss. This is oh, the I'm first photo I have on my desk now. Lovely. He's got four. He's got four calendars, and now <laughs> all with different Her. shit written on them. 
Yep. In different I think colors. It's only three calendars. <laughs> Thank you, Misty. I feel very Thank you. I feel very loved. I feel very Christmassy. This is awesome. I've always really loved this photo too. Me it's too. It, the yeah. funny, so the funny thing is, like, uh, what is what does your shirt say, Missy? I had a late night or something. Had a late night. Yes. Was this a little peek behind well, the we, curtain? Was this yes. the day where yes. the morning of that day we both puked independently of each other? Yes. Like we both woke up and puked. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Which is fine because you both had your very own bathrooms. We yeah. did. That was the first trip I think that we did two bathrooms. <laughs> It's the best because we'd have been puking <laughs> on each other otherwise, or like competing for toilet time. You didn't even have to hear the other person yeah. wretch. No. <laughs> discovered it later, so this is a Christmas miracle. It's <laughs> <laughs> bringing back such excellent memories. Wasn't this also the night of uh, Old Man Livius? This yeah. is old. Yes, that was like two. Two hours after this photo, I think. That could be. A I feel of... like this is already pretty late at night. That looks like Livius, who might have had a rough night the night before. I recently sent a video to Livius where he was reading a customer review of some sort of medication. You know what I'm talking about, Livius? Yes. And you're like, why was yes. I even reading that? It was yes. from that night, too, I believe. There you go. Um, and I think it had to do with erectile dysfunction or... Some sort of gastrointestinal. I don't know. Yeah, good times. That's good memories. Sounds right. Yeah. Sounds right. Great photo. All right. Great photo. Hey, um, before we go on, Misty, what's in that glass you're drinking out of? Um, I have made a little rye lies, which is um, bullet rye and black tea, simple syrup, some bitters, and ice. That sounds a little I, on the fancy side. It is. It's fancy. I stole it from Whiskey Cake, but I make the black tea simple syrup myself, so this is the misty version. Uh, I'll have to find out how you make black tea simple syrup at some point. Probably not tonight. (laughs) Jesse, how about you, buddy? Jesse, before you say that, I want to let you know that Whiskey Cake just posted they they got their new uh, Van Winkles and Buffalo Trace Antique Collection bottles. So next time we go to Texas... They're going to be fully loaded down there. Oh, man. Nice. I follow them. Anyway, go on. Jesse, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am double fisting right now with sparkling water and a cold snack. That is your, like, go-to drink, man. It is. It's the perfect... How can you not love a beer that's called a cold snack? It's the most genius marketing of any marketing. You left a few in my fridge, so I'm going to try them. You should. What, I think what you'll is like it? them. What what kind of beer is that, Jesse? Like, what is the what is it that you lager. like? So much Just a lager. Okay. Yeah, so it's a really really good light, easy drinking beer. Rob, you're drinking out of a glass. I am. I'm drinking out of. What is that? Looking glass. Ooh. Ooh. A little morning delight glass. Glass I got from Jesse. And was that you and Misty for my birthday, or was it just you? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is both of us. I am yeah. drinking this monstrosity looking beer from Three Floyds. Wow. Barrel aged behemoth, bourbon barrel aged for two years. So this is essentially like the 
polar opposite of what Jesse's drinking. Jesse's drinking a very light, crisp, refreshing, low low ABV beer, and I'm drinking basically like the heaviest, sweetest, strongest, high ABV beer that's like in my house. Yeah, Rob's is probably five times the ABV of mine. Yeah, right Ooh. now. <laughs> yeah, it's like drinking wine, and it's the size of a wine bottle. So we'll see how I get. I believe, I believe most. Um, I mean, wines are in, like the wine I'm drinking is ten percent. What is what is your your beer? Uh, I don't think it's stated, but typically these get up to be around fourteen, fifteen, something like that. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen percent. That's so, that's pretty high for uh, for beer, I would say. Yeah, we're going hard, and I've been hitting the the white claws a lot lately, so this might hit me a little bit stronger than usual. There was a long time where like this was like the average alcohol content of the beer I was drinking, and I mm. took my foot off the gas. So we'll see. These guys will testify. When I was in Texas, I was drinking like little raspberry sours and stuff. Yeah. So. Rob, you suburban bitch, you. Um, I know. Like, we, when we get to, like, minute 51, you'll just see, like, the top of my head, and I'm snoring. Um, I'll finish it out. Uh, late nights, uh, sweet red wine from the St. Julian um, Winery, whoa. which whoa, e- whoa, everybody whoa. knows where the best grapes are, right? Where the best grapes are in the United States for wine, right? Where? Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> I'm just no. concerned that there's is there I have a very serious question right now. Yes. How much how much chocolate? You know the difference between grapes and cherries, right? That's <laughs> much, the question. How much chocolate is in your wine right now? <laughs> there is zero chocolate in my wine. What the fuck? But I believe there are Hershey bars downstairs, so I can fix that shit. There it is. Hey-o. Breaking in, uh, I want to just say Frank Edler has made the comment Mary Booktimus. And a merry, merry bookmas to you and yours, Frank. Cheers. Um, Frank, Stop trying to steal my show. Frank Frank heard us talking about what beer people are drinking and immediately had to get on and, and see what, what we were doing over here. So like a sixth sense. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about Home Alone. I'm probably going to let Rob kick off this discussion on Home Alone while I collect my, uh, my thoughts on the movie. Notes. Okay. Uh, notes. I've got notes, girl. I've got notes. Um, three of us understood that quote. <laughs> All right. Three quarters. So, <clears throat> uh, like I said before, uh, every holiday episode, we do talk about something whether uh, that's that's themed to our holiday, whether it's a book or, or a movie. And this time we chose a movie. And this time it's Home Alone. And it's because I remember on one of our earlier episodes... I think it was when we weren't super happy about what we watched or read or whatever. We said, we'll do Home Alone next time. And then we didn't do Home Alone next time. So we're doing it this time. And and (laughs) it's only after it was decided that I discovered that Livius was not super excited about this. However, context I'm going to add to this. He had never seen the full movie when he wasn't excited about this. Uh, In conversation with Livius, it turns out that up until... Uh, preparation for this episode he's only ever seen bits and pieces of the movie he had never seen the whole movie from start to finish wow this is uh this is very true um and this movie has been around for um for a really long time as a matter of fact i don't know if you guys noticed yeah 
Did you guys notice? Well, I don't know about that, because this was actually directed by Christopher Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I believe that in the, credit, the opening credits, it said it was directed by Chris Columbus. This is the most dad joke you've ever done. That is, that is, oh, no, wait, Misty. I've got a bunch of them. Hold on. <laughs> so, I'm dead. yeah, this movie's at least 500 <laughs> Damn, that's like what? <laughs> just a, just a few years before the advent of the camera. Yeah, this, this movie. I don't know that Macaulay Culkin. I gotta tell you, I saw him recently on a podcast. <laughs> Looks really good for being five hundred years old. So. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Jesus proceed Christ. with the, the story of Home Alone. I can't. I'm go ahead and assume that three of you have all seen this before. Misty, just label to speak. Yeah, okay. Jesse, you have seen Home Alone? I have. Okay. Have you guys seen the three other Home Alone movies? That's the real question, because apparently there are four Home Alone movies. There's five. Only one and two. Yeah, five. I've seen two of them. Okay, I was not aware there were five. I only saw four on a list. All right, so I'm, my I'm list thinking... might have been from the 1700s, though, before the fifth one was made. But I've seen other Chris Christopher Columbus movies before. The guy, the guy really knows how to make a flick. I mean, what we're gonna find out with our ratings for this one. So, <laughs> Jesus, I was not prepared to laugh that much. Oh my god! No, uh, there are five, and um, this is how I discovered it. Whew. So, Home Alone is owned by whatever company is owned by Disney. So Disney Plus has all of the Home Alone series on it. So when I searched Home Alone in Disney Plus, five movies came up. Five movies. I'm willing to bet that the box office gross for those, like, goes... And then (laughs) tanks sharply, probably after the second one. That would be my guess. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin's only on the first two. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but this movie, as we've already determined, is significantly older. Um, <laughs> can someone, just before we go and talk about this movie, can someone tell me how the 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 wet burglars, is that what they're called? <laughs> the wet bandits. The wet bandits. How they are free to also terrorize this child in the second part. I'm dying to know, but I won't play the movie. <laughs> yeah, they they escape prison during like uh, yeah. I think there, there's like a power outage or there was something something happened at the prison and they escaped. Well, they seem smart. <laughs> and they to hit they hit the fish truck. <laughs> All right, and landed in New York. I do want to say, in the Home Alone series. A shining star outside of the first two is that I believe Scarlett Johansson is in the third. Home what? Yeah, so, eh, whatever it's worth, Scarlett Scarjo. But that, Scar-Jo. I think that's like in like the Ghost World era of Scarlett Johansson, like real early Scarlett Johansson. So, I don't know. So, this movie takes place um, <laughs> in the 1490s. In the 1490s, I, I outside of Chicago. But with actual Chicago cops, just the cars don't look like <laughs> Chicago cop cars. 
so basically, we open on a uh, on a, a, a young Macaulay Culkin, Kevin, Kevin McAllister. Yes, mm-hmm. Kevin McAllister. Um, there's absolute chaos in his home as his entire extended family, like twelve kids and four adults, uh, are preparing to go to Paris the next day to visit a brother-in-law. Um, <clears throat> Kevin McAllister's a dick. That kid is a little asshole, and winds up getting sent to the attic. To, to go to sleep um, upon which his family wakes up the next morning, forgets him and leaves for Paris without him. Is that a, is that a, did I do a fair assessment on the setup? Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> before this happens, uh, young Joe Pesci, hundreds <laughs> of years younger than he is now, <clears throat> shows up in a Chicago cop uniform as evidenced by the stars on his sleeve, the four Chicago stars. Yep. Um, to uh, basically he's going around the neighborhood pretending to be a cop, giving out tips against getting burglarized so that he can find out who's not home um, on Christmas so that they can rob um, the, the houses in the neighborhood. This is where my first issues start with the movie. How the fuck is it that four adults and like 12 kids sleep till fucking eight in the morning when they're going to France that day? Now, I know Rob has Rob eight in the morning. Is uh, a little bit before when you get up, usually by two or three hours. Misty, on the other hand, by eight o'clock has probably put in like a quarter day of work. Is that right? Correct. She's been to the gym twice. (laughs) She said two gallons of water. I know Jesse works late night, so I'm guessing to him eight in the morning is like 3 a.m. to me. But the first thing that I thought was, these all motherfuckers all slept at eight o'clock. That one person in that fucking house was up to to notice that there was a power outage and, and like sound the alarm. So I was a little bit concerned with the writing at that. Yes, Rob. Yeah, that little kid Fuller that's drinking all the Pepsi, that bitch didn't make it till after 8 o'clock, I'm sure. He had to get up and pee at some point. That's it's a oh. very, very good point. He peed the bed. Never mind. I retract that. He peed that. the bed. That's... But he had to have been with someone because they were going to stick him with someone else. Because Kevin had to be with Kevin. Whoever yeah. he peed so, on. So we, can, so we can talk about the rest of the movie, but I'm going to lay out the rest of the plot. The rest of the plot is... Macaulay Culkin is home by himself, as as evidenced by the title of the movie, <laughs> while two of the most inept burglars in the world <laughs> continually try to assail his home for about an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to point out that Fuller, the kid that's supposed to be the the, the notorious bedwetter, is played by Kieran Culkin, who is Macaulay Culkin's younger brother. And who plays Wallace? Younger and arguably more talented. Yeah, he's my favorite Culkin, and he did have some good scenes. Zero words in the entire movie, but like that moment he's drinking Pepsi and he looks over and gives Macaulay Culkin that like knowing look, like I'm pissing on your bed later. It was one of the best scenes in the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was going to disagree with you, but I thought about what you said, and I thought, I mean, why not that one? All right. Well, we have the temperature of what Livius feels about this movie for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna start perusing my notes, but really, that's the movie, and it's not uh, it's not a complicated movie. It is a movie for antics, right? And I think it delivers very nicely with the antics, right? Why do you hate it so much, Livius? Why do you hate it? So I know. Much? And I here's the thing: if you're unhappy with them sleeping until eight o'clock. 
you have the suspension of disbelief that's required to enjoy this movie. You have started on the <laughs> wrong path, sir. Sixteen fucking people. <laughs> I, I took notes as I went, and that's the first thing I saw. I was like, there are sixteen motherfuckers that slept past past eight in the morning with a trip on there. I know I am when I travel. Like I'm up like four hours. Like I can't sleep. Like I'm constantly waking up and looking at the clock and going, all right, I can sleep for another two hours before uh... I have to get up. So I don't know. That's well, just you've got me, the I dad guess. approach to travel, I'm sure. <clears throat> well, we have maybe. to get to the airport seven hours <laughs> before the flight is yeah. even put on. Yeah, the board. that's the other thing. That's they really made good. it to the airport 45 minutes, so I pulled out good old Google Maps and found out that from Winnetka to O'Hare is 42 minutes in average traffic um, to get there. So I kind of doubt the premise of the entire movie. Oh wow. Here's I'm gonna bring up a question before Ross This Roos is where he draws the line. That's what's so funny. Wait, but before Livius asks that question, I am gonna say something in his defense. It's not the sleeping till eight AM thing that I had an issue with. If I'm gonna have an issue with, with one of these things about the beginning part of the movie, it's the fact that they realized that they didn't wake up in time and it still takes them forever to get out of the house. It's like everyone fully showered and did a regular morning routine. But wouldn't you just be like, screw it, I'm putting clothes on, grabbing my bag, we're gone? Yeah, yeah I would yeah. have to agree a with that, movie. that too. It is a movie. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, yes, I, a movie. yes I, I'm, I'm aware that I wasn't watching a documentary on this child whose parents left him. <laughs> well, and, the, and you know what? The people, the people that went to see this movie who live in New Jersey don't understand how far Winnetka is from <laughs> O'Hare Airport because they don't even know that the movie takes place in Do Winnetka. Do they care? Yeah. I mean, look. All right. So I didn't I didn't point this out, too. And I believe, I don't know this to be a fact, but if you're traveling to Paris, you really fly to Charles de Gaulle and not Orsay Airport, too. But oh, that was, shit. Oh. Was wow. This is obvious, like, privilege flexing on us because he can afford to yes. fly to France. <laughs> This is true. Twice in one year. Twice in one year. Yes. You're so upset because, like, the beginning premise is Paris. <laughs> no, no. Okay. I actually have a theory on that too coming up later. Okay. Um, I do want to take this up for serious conversation, though. Do you guys think? Because it's not really touched on throughout the rest of the movie, but that scene where the power goes out after um, Kevin wishes that that his family would all just disappear. Did you guys get the impression that that was meant to be like a supernatural, like almost it's a wonderful life kind of thing that happened there? Because even the way the scene is shot makes me feel like it was something more at work than just a power outage. No, I don't. Um, see, so, like, I'm going to defer to people who are more like knowledgeable about John Hughes movies than me, but I don't see that coming from a John Hughes movie. And he wrote the script, right? He did. I took it more as it was supposed, like, that's the point of view of Kevin. And so that's his perception of that He's, moment. He sees it. And, as, uh, and it's kind of like the ending as well. He sees it as magic. So it's bookmarked. Yeah. Okay. Like, he legit thinks he made his family disappear and come at, back at first and everything. Yeah. And that's the other thing. For a kid, at first, I was like, "The kid's eight. Like, okay, he doesn't figure out his parents just fucking forgot him and went to Paris. He thinks they actually disappeared. 
But then he manages to, like, take care of himself for a few days. Like, goes to the fucking grocery store, like, decorates a tree, like, does all this shit that you wouldn't think the average eight-year-old is really going to pull off very well. I kept thinking back to, but he thought he actually made him fucking disappear. (laughs) I do have a note that says... He still ate. (laughs) I have a note that says Kevin McAllister is a real homebody. (laughs) Because that kid, he's doing the dishes. He bought Tide. Like yep. he bought Tide. Yeah. He, his whole idea is I got to run a tight ship around here, even if my whole family vanished because I made a Christmas wish. <laughs> it's his house, man. He's got to defend that shit. I got to say though, one of the early, one of the, my problems with the movie early on is they, they belabor the fact that he is too young to understand how to pack his suitcase. Right. Yes. And then yeah. literally two minutes later, he's outwitting bandits and he's he's managing an entire household and stuff. He gets real smart real fast when it doesn't come when it comes to something besides what do I put in a suitcase? Like uh Yes, but just devil's advocate, he has seen the house being run before. He has never seen anyone pack a suitcase. So there's an argument for he just hasn't witnessed suitcase packing. As an eight-year-old? Yeah. All right, that's fair. I got it. You got Good. I'm back on the... (laughs) You just made my rating a little bit higher, because that was like one of my few objections. We're back to five. Back to five. (laughs) I want to break in and say, before we move on, I want to say hi to Liz, who just joined us and says, hiya. Hi, Liz. I'll probably see you tomorrow. Um, that movie that's playing in the background, the the old gangster movie, um, for people who souls. for people who don't know this, that was shot specifically for that movie. And uh, there is a sequel to Angels with Filthy Souls that was shot for Home Alone Two, mm-hmm. yeah. which I'll never Angels see. Angels with even filthier souls. There is you that, go. Is that really what it's called? <laughs> I believe yeah. that's correct. I didn't write down the title, but it was something like that. That's uh, awesome. So. Liz just yeah. confirmed I will see her tomorrow for everybody that was concerned about whether I was just making that up. Also, sure. aftershave, Misty wouldn't know this, I don't think, but aftershave, does it hurt until you've actually shaved? I have a note about that, too, because it's like one of the iconic scenes in the movie is he slaps his face yes. with the aftershave uh, and screams. Yeah. He had to have actually shaved. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense, right? Well, I mean, I have a question. Could it tingle at all? Mm, Unlike baby skin. Think of like like baby skin, eight-year-old skin. Yeah. It's a high alcohol aftershave, and he just got out of the shower, I'm guessing, because he's wrapped in a towel at the van. His pores are open. Yeah. It's like certain things you're not supposed to put on your skin for like, what, 30 minutes after showering a lot of times, depending on what the product is. Oh, that was swimming after eating. We are leaving home alone. You are really saving home alone. One scene. I'll tell you from direct experience. I put icy hot on my lower back once because it was all messed up, but it was after I had gotten out of the bath. It burned like a motherfucker. (laughs) What are you? And he had shaved first, so there you have it. Are we all sixty? That's like the 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 old. (laughs) That's like the elderliest thing I've ever heard uh, Jesse say. 
I've heard I've heard Livia okay, say much elderly things. Oh, for sure, yeah. Pause. You need to yeah. get salon. <laughs> put icy hot on after a bath. <laughs> Holy shit! Who are we? Here are not what I will. Sometimes you mess up your back. We're not hip young people anymore, apparently. <clears throat> so my notes in order for things that I liked about this movie. It's a short list. It won't take very long. Um, I actually thought the line his older brother delivers that whole there's uh, there's three reasons and then he says A, then two, then D. I actually thought that was kind of clever and funny. Then I have a note so that says stupid. John Candy is the best thing about this movie. And the next note says, I take it back, the old man neighbor is the best thing about this movie. Good. So I will tell you, I found exactly one touching moment in this whole movie, and it's while um, Kevin is sitting in church with the uh, oh, the South Bend's shovel slayer. <laughs> they're talking about like his granddaughter and like his relationship with his son, and I was like, this is the most touching thing about this movie. Yeah. And then I thought, but it's two minutes out of 94. Um, so, Dude, and I really like that. Tell me you didn't cry at the end when he sees through the window that the grandpa's got the granddaughter and he's waving and like the family's there. And you, you know that it was because of Kevin McAllister that he reunited with his family after all these years. Uh, here's what I will tell you. Took me three attempts to watch this movie. I fell asleep 20 minutes in the first time. This is in the middle of the day. This wasn't like I was watching it at like midnight. I fell asleep the second he realized his parents were gone. Then I made it in. So the second time I picked up from there also in the afternoon, made it about halfway into uh, Pesci and the other guy, like the final assault on the house when they're really getting their asses kicked, fell asleep. And then last night at 1130, I was like, oh, shit, I have to finish watching that movie. So I signed into Disney Plus on my computer and watched the last 20 minutes of that movie. So, no, there were zero tears shed. <sighs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I do have a couple other thoughts on this movie before we put it to rest. I will say that like, I completely forgot that John Candy was in this movie. And so the fact that like he showed up as kind of like a savior in this one moment when like all was lost. It was like fucking John Candy. And then it was great. Like he didn't have a lot of screen time, but like, it was just nice to see John Candy because let's, let's be honest. We all kind of forgot John Candy, right? Yeah. 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 A little little bit. So he died like 93 or 94. A long time ago. Yeah. Like not long after this movie. Like I think he made one other movie after this. So Yeah. Um, I really like the conversation um, in the in the church because it had a really authentic kid feel to it. When uh, Kevin McAllister says, "I have a friend who got nailed because there was a rumor he wore dinosaur pajamas," that was fucking great, right? That whole that whole conversation, <laughs> the whole was, church scene was was really good. Yeah, yeah, well done. And like, I think that this is like a movie where it's like, <clears throat> it's like an Eminem, maybe not. It, there's something there's well it's like the opposite of an M&M because it's got that little candy shell but the, imagine the candy shell was most of it and in the middle is just a little bit of chocolate and that's like the good part I'm, I'm drinking barley wine so I can't make good but you know that what I'm saying metaphor. flip it around flip it around imagine all the good stuff is the shell I don't know I feel like David James Keaton right now 
<laughs> so I'm an old man. Rob's got dementia. <laughs> Wait, how did how does his family just keep buckets of tar? Can we talk about the traps a little bit? He had a fucking like a whole schematic about what all of the yeah. defense system was going to be. Which again, yeah. he goes from like I don't know how to pack a suitcase, but we covered that. Missy Missy turned me around on that one. Tar. There's just buckets that say tar. <laughs> you don't know what kind of home repairs they I'm, had going on. I'm incredulous. Yeah. I've lived in homes. It's the maybe it was the money pit house, like up until that that Christmas. That's why everyone came over. All right. The That's basement cool. does not match the house. Right. Yeah. yeah. Total money. <laughs> also, like, he was af- afraid of the furnace, but, like, <clears throat> didn't think I could just go somewhere and ask for help. I'm going to take on these two guys I know are coming here at 9 o'clock tonight. I got an idea on that, and it's one of the things. It ties into the things that I'm going to say, probably in my wrap-up, about what I like about this movie. And it also touches on the idea that he didn't know how to pack a suitcase, but he could take on these wet bandit dudes. It's a game to him, and kids are awesome at games. And it's brilliantly set up in the screenplay in the movie when he's shooting the toy soldiers. It shows he knows how to make contraptions because he propped it open with a spatula, and then he shot the spatula out knowing that it was going to close the door. So he just can think like that. Jesse's the smartest one. Um, I will say that what I thought this movie lacked, and I'm almost willing to bet in some kind of extended director's cut, that he probably plays pranks on his siblings. Oh, that's that's part of being a little asshole. Like like in some extended version of the movie, we would see him doing these small things to his siblings that he then turns into big things. So I'm I'm kind of with Jesse on that. I just don't think that they, you know, that they drew it out you know, as, as whatever, as, you know, maybe as well as they should. I don't know. I didn't have an issue with that. I just thought, like, fucking his parents are so fucking terrible. They fucking leave without him. First of all, they fucking oversleep till 8 a.m. <laughs> then they leave without him. <clears throat> then they travel to the wrong airport in France. Um, but, like, the, the fact oh, that man, they never if you think they're awful kid, now, don't watch the second one. Seriously, he, he says, you know, I don't talk to, I can't talk to strangers, right? When he's when he's checking out um, with a cute girl at the grocery at the grocery store, but like it never occurred to him to like, you know, just walk into someone's up to someone's house, knock on the door, and be like, I fucking. They were all gone. The whole street was gone. He, you know, I'll I'll argue that that grocery store probably wasn't on the corner of their street. So he probably had to walk past a bunch of other fucking houses. Yeah, he had to go over that bridge on the Metra yeah. tracks, yeah. which that's legit. When that I actually, I actually recognize that park. I was in that neighborhood for a party um, earlier this year. So that park that yeah. that where like that corner that where he's by the park, like I saw that park just earlier this summer. That's cool. Nancy, I was going to ask you guys if that lined up that if he could actually live where he yeah. lives. And have to take that path. Hundred percent, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All in all, I'm gonna say that the good outweighs the bad on this movie. Like my dumb minor objections are just like, how can you write a movie 
without making a couple of little like shortcuts to make the movie make sense, right? So this, yeah, I, I'm not getting into my wrap up, but I'm gonna say like, yeah, all of the objections that someone might have are very, very like small on scale. I'm dismissing Livius altogether. <laughs> I heard, I heard. Um, I'm gonna go with a wrap up first because I know what kind of shit show this is gonna turn into after I'm done. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now. <laughs> um. It was hard. I, I wish I would have watched this movie through a kid's eye, because mm-hmm. as I listened to three adults defend and, and laud this movie, um, I, I also watched it with my you know current you know mentality and thought like it's okay, but I really don't see the point of it. Like the whole point of the movie is how do we hit a guy in the iron in the face with an iron? Like let's get to that part where you could Kyle tell it was made too adults. because no one said I am Iron Man, and that's an obvious like. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, so for a kid's movie, yeah, this is probably like an empowering movie for an eight or nine year old to watch. But that's not the, the way that I, I, you know, that I watched it. So as I'm making notes and, and looking things up, like that's how I do that. This was one of Candy's last movies after I saw him. I was like, oh, Jesus, he was alive then. And I was like, oh, he died like three years after. You know what I mean? The, the thing that, <clears throat> that makes me even matter about watching this movie, which I, I'll be honest, I didn't really enjoy um, is that same fucking year Edward Scissorhands came out and we didn't watch Edward Scissorhands which is a much better movie and also a Christmas movie um, and, and we watched this instead so that did not help my feelings on this particular movie um, oh, you know, we got next year's homework for, uh, no. <laughs> for offline offline veto number two um, so uh, here's what I'll say. Um, there were some some good moments. That church scene I actually thought was really well written and really, really well done. I thought the John Candy's like eight minutes on screen or whatever he got were really fantastic. I'm not a huge John Candy fan. I just thought that he played that role really, really well. Um, uh, you know, so there are a couple saving graces. I'm going to give this two and a half stars. Jesus Christ. All right. Let's I'm going to mute to... myself. Lean all the way back in my chair, and I'll come back when we're done talking about this. I'm going to go... Let's kick it over to Jesse. Jesse, what's your uh, wrap-up on this? I really... I think John Hughes wrote a tight script for this film, and the mechanics and structures stand out to me more than anything when I watch the movie. And I really appreciate when, when a story plays out that way where every every little thing is set up we see we see the neighbor dude buying band-aids in the church he has a band-aid on his hand kevin makes himself dinner which he doesn't get to eat because that's when the burglars show up but he poured himself a glass of milk earlier in the movie his mom said be sure to drink the milk because it's gonna go bad so there are all these little things like the dad has a comment about the micro machines. He uses those mm-hmm. like later on. Yeah. So every, every tiny little thing is set up. And I really love when a movie does that. And I also love that old editing trick where it cut the cut answers the question. I feel like I forgot something or whatever it was. Boom. There's Kevin, like not on the plane, not in Paris, whatever. So I just structurally it's, it's really sound. It's a really good piece of writing and the filmmaking was fantastic in it. So, I mean, it's not my favorite movie, but it's really solid. I'd totally give it like four and a half stars. Uh, 
I'm going to go next, and I'm going to let Misty, with her boundless enthusiasm, be the final <laughs> wrap-up on this one. I want to end this on the highest possible note. <laughs> uh, I fucking have always liked this movie from when I saw it as a kid, because um, I was probably, what, just a couple years older than Kevin McAllister when the movie came out. So, like, I was right in that age range where I was like, oh, yeah, adults are assholes. Nobody fucking... You know, anyway, so I identified with it as a kid, and and I don't think it lost any of that um, um, positivity as I got older. Oh. Obviously, like, as an adult, I can nitpick the little things, like, you know, whatever I nitpicked that I totally forgot about, but they're minor, they're minor objections that are easily overcome, as my co-hosts have done uh, in the course of, of this conversation. So I'm going to say... Of the Christmas movies, one of the things that's unique about this is the protagonist is a fucking child. Like, the whole movie is about an eight-year-old. And how often did that happen back then? That's pretty unique, right? It's a unique situation. They, like, And you might have a thought. You might think of another movie, but I can't think off the top of my head of another movie where it's like, this kid is the main focus of what's going on. So uh, I thought it was great. He learned lessons. At the end, he was a dumb little asshole. I mean, I'm sorry, at the beginning, he was a dumb little asshole who didn't understand why his family was so important to him. By the end of the movie, even though his parents fucking abandoned him for days and he had to, like, fight, he had to protect the home from actual criminals. When his mom shows up at the end, he's just happy to see her. He learned his lesson. He loves his family. Christmas matters. Five stars. Misty. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, I was going to start it the same way you did because this was a childhood favorite of mine. And same, I think I'm just a few years older Younger. than Kevin was. Oh. No. Oh, yeah. Than just me. like you oh. said. <laughs> <laughs> than Kevin was at the time. So anyway. And I honestly... I don't remember watching it a million times, but I must have either just my, my brother and I or the whole family because it's been probably at least 25 years since the last time, and I knew every line practically. I knew what music was going to come on, and it was just as magical and fun as it was when I was probably 11 years old the first time I saw it. Um, I don't have a lot of different things to say other than what um jesse calling out some of the mechanics and actual like film magic of it i don't know those things but i recognize them intuitively as a watcher and lover of films and rob you already kind of hit all the other magic of like it's just a nice fun and also endearing christmas movie it's perfect to like get into the spirit of Christmas and all of that stuff. Um, also, want to call out uh, Catherine O'Hara, who is incredible in this movie. So is Joe Pesci. Yeah. Um, yes. Funny, and I hate that I don't know the other guy's name, and I probably should have looked that up before I did this. But anyway, they do a fantastic job. His name is I know Mike slash- Bennett too, so he's got your last name. It's you fucked up. You know, yeah. No, I'm totally lying. <laughs> okay, but I'm not always oh, a fan of slash- Daniel Stern. Yeah, Daniel Stern. That sounds way more familiar. Uh, 
I'm not like a fan Bendix. of slapstick comedy at all. But when, I don't know, for some reason in this movie, it's funny. All of the screaming and the <laughs> and the putting your hand in the snow. It's silly and it's fun and I love it. And um, absolutely, this movie is five stars. And I will probably be watching it again next year. <laughs> and also, sidebar, uh, FYI, Livius, Tim Curry is in the second one. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. There it is. Man. Livius, reprising his role from Rocky Livius. Horror, Don't which is too weird. Excited. You, you, just, you just heard me give this movie four and a half stars. <laughs> Let me tell you my rating for the second one. Two stars at best. <gasps> even with Tim Curry. Even even with Tim Curry. Yeah, uh, President yeah. Trump. Challenge. This is I, think, I think there there's something to be said in all seriousness for um, having adoration for a movie when you're a kid and then, you know, versus not seeing it until you're an adult. And I'm sure that there are some movies that I've a number of movies come to mind that I absolutely loved as a child. I love to this day um, that other people, I, I mean, if you lived in a cave and like never saw the wizard of Oz, I've had people say like, yeah, I don't, you know, the wizard of Oz was okay. And I'm shocked and stunned by, you know, by a statement like that. So, I mean, I get it. There's, I get it. Yeah. There's weight to that because like, I've had conversations with people where like the movie Sandlot means a lot to them. And I never saw it as a kid. I never saw it when it would make the most sense to me. And so, like, if I see it now, even I, I could never capture, like, the level of, of excitement that they had as a kid that carried on to their adulthood. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, P.S. My dad, Squints Paladino, the one with the glasses, that is a spitting image of Irby Bennett. <laughs> As an elementary age child, no lie. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All um, right. <clears throat> you guys ready to do another? Yes. Before we go on to the next gift exchange, I want to say that um, there is an episode of Movies That Made Us uh, about Home Alone. And I watched it today. Um, I don't know if anybody else has seen it. Yes, no, Misty. It looks like you have. I have not watched it yet. I've seen it. Because yeah. oh, the narrator. Yeah. Oh, the narrator. Oh, I've, I've seen the terrible. whole. I've seen all the episodes, despite the narrator. <laughs> um, all I'm going to say is it it provides an interesting perspective on the the obviously the production side of it and like the the obstacles that were faced, but also like some of the cool logistical things. Like none of the actual interior house stuff was filmed in that house. Nothing happened yeah. in that house. It was cool. all sound stages inside of Livius. You'll appreciate this new Trier High School in the Interesting. area. In that area, yeah. so anyway, which was Ferris Bueller's high school, and I think Get out. a couple other John Hughes movies took place there too. Uh, Breakfast Club took place yeah. there, there for sure. Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, that is a really cool episode to get a kind of behind the scenes look at. Um, uh, kind of the ups and downs of, of the production of the movie and a little bit more of the on-scene stuff. And I, I thought it was really cool. So check it out. Gift exchange. Volunteers. Open minds. You guys all got the same thing. I'm going to go ahead and say that of all of the wrapping jobs 
This is the best. <laughs> because it's the only present I have that's wrapped. Everybody else just sent it in a package. But this is actually I sent there. Like, recycle. Wait, mine's not wrapped? No, it's not. Yeah, mine is an easy recipe. You didn't, you didn't meet him at the Fratellos, did you? <laughs> yeah, no. How is this... How is it that there's no... Oh. <laughs> I didn't see a seam. I thought it was like a perfect circle. Oh my god, Livia keeps out of the fire. Uh oh. Oh my god. Do we have a winner? Oh my god. Holy shit. Rob, Rob, unwrap. Oh, undo it. Undo it. Undo it. Undo oh my it. god. <laughs> this goes all the way back to like the beginning, too. I am overwhelmed. I'm going to say that Misty, great minds think alike if you look closely. Yes, I know. Wait, I saw it when I first opened it. There it is! For anybody that's watching, hang on. Oh my god, this is incredible, Olivia. Seriously. Shit. Okay, this was this was my other option for uh photo. It's my other Before favorite photo. photo. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, and it's this a really on it. <laughs> if we were not on a video right now, I would be crying. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my god. So Merry Christmas kids. I have my own. It's sitting right over there. So yeah. Why are we getting so beautifully sentimental? I love it. I'm glad I'm glad you guys like him. I thought this is really corny, but I'm gonna no. fucking do it anyway. So don't worry, Misty. There's no sentimentality in my gift this year. <laughs> I um I will say that for some of those photos, like you know, someone might say like that's not the best photo of Misty ever, but she is wearing a book shirt in it. Oh no, are you kidding? I'm so excited <laughs> that like, photos on there. Jess is wearing knows? a book shirt. Yep. This you captured Misty's best hair. <laughs> yeah, that's her best hair. I mean, that's that's true. So I didn't want to say it because so it's not cranberry colored. Um, wow. So, so for anybody who's listening on the audio side, did we describe it best good enough or should we do it? Uh, we may not have. So Livius gave us all blankets that are like photo collages of the booked family over the years. And so it's pictures that have us in the booked gear or us at, oh, the FCJR shirts. Um, yeah us at conferences together and it's a combination of also why is Jess the coolest motherfucker alive Dude, seriously jesse's always the coolest because jesse's always I, the coolest. i was just gonna I say i think that's my best hair too yeah. <laughs> um so very thoughtful very very cool gift um i don't think i'm gonna beat that one i know so. i'm not no gonna beat will. either of these gifts no um, one will. can i Listen, before we move on, can how did I we share... hit? How did we hit the two most sentimental <laughs> gifts? Like, Livius, you wow. knew better. You could have been like, you could have been like, let's save mine I, for last. You know, like... there, you, you guys didn't volunteer, so I was like, all right, like I'll volunteer. Can I share a I'm gift glad, I got today I, though from yeah, a friend? I'm glad yeah. I went for Livius. Yeah. Jeez. So, so, let me see. I got to be able to see myself. Aww. Is it a mouse? It is. It is a mouse pad. This is from my friend Tracy. She showed up at my uh, work today and dropped this off. And it's booked in a bunch of different scripts. It is my new mouse pad that I will be using for all future booked episodes. So thank you, Tracy. Uh, for the record, Tracy is awesome. 
Saying that. There you um, go. Before we move on to, oh God, is it on to me? Is it my topic that's next? I want to say it that is. <laughs> while we were doing our wrap ups, John Gatwood got on and said, "Evening." Dot dot dot. So, what's up, John? I will see you tomorrow as well. John's bringing Some me whiskey. Bro. Oh, well, there you go. Nice. Oh shit! I gotta get some whiskey ready for John. Great. All right, so that wraps it up for this episode. <laughs> yeah, keep reading. I got shit to do. Um, all right, so uh, I want to say uh, this is a little bit Home Alone related, and that's why it's going to kind of be the next thing that we talk about. Has anybody heard what is probably the most pervasive Home Alone theory of all theories about Home Alone? Uh-oh. That Kevin. I think. Yeah, I've heard it, but I can't. So basically, Kevin McAllister grew up to be Jigsaw in the Saw movie yeah. series. That's what I beg yeah. your pardon? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why would anybody... <laughs> so I'm not familiar with this, but when I hear things like this, it's those people. It's like the Twin Peaks people. Like, there's probably a lot of things, right, that tie it somehow... Uh... <laughs> Saw series-ish. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'll just... I have a I have an article from Grantland, which I've never heard of Grantland before. But um, it, the article is titled, Did Kevin from Home Alone Grow Up to be Jigsaw? A Deadly Serious Investigation. And this article was published by Jason Concepcion on December 4th, 2014. Uh, I'm going to skip around. I'm not going to talk about the whole thing. Um... There are a couple of things that are just interesting to hear about. Like, throughout Home Alone and Home Alone 2, uh, Kevin displays anger control issues, a proclivity for violent fantasies and voyeuristic tendencies, combined with a fetish for recorded video. This must be part two, because I don't remember recorded video. Becomes fascinated with old man Marley after learning that Marley is possibly the serial killer known as South Bend Shovel Slayer. Recorded Uh, video is the movie that he keeps replaying. Oh, he also he also records audio in the second one on a, one of those handheld toy recorder voice manipulator things. Wow, it's been uh, so long. Yeah, since yeah, I've seen yeah, yeah, yeah. He does do that. Yeah, uh, becomes obsessed with the idea that old man Marley imprisoned and mummified his victims. Um, then it kind of talks about like how he's got like burned by his family about like them eating his pizza and a bunch of other little petty shit. This article doesn't carry much water. Um, in Home Alone Two, Kevin records a video of his uncle Frank in the shower. Later, using the video to frighten hotel workers. Is that real? Yeah, yeah. it's it's audio, not video. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, frequent realistic video and auditory hallucinations, seeing the furnace in the basement as a ravenous fiery mod monster. Um, mm-hmm. So apparently, in um, the Saw movies, of which have have any of you seen any of them? Oh yeah, um, I've seen yeah. all of them, man. Whoa! Oh Jesse, Jesus! <laughs> I, I think I saw three. It's like three of them. <laughs> I think I saw five. If not, I've seen four. Um. So it's kind of trying to equate the furnace that he's afraid of in the movie with um, some of the contraptions that are built to torture people. Like there's something around someone's head at one point. I don't know. Um, In Saw 2, Kevin slash Jigsaw. (laughs) They're really leaning into this this whole thing. 
recreates his childhood basement right down to the furnace monster. Jigsaw places the antidote to a poison inside the furnace, luring his victim inside. When the victim grabs the antidote, the furnace door shuts and the victim is burned alive. Well, I mean, you can go there. You can go (laughs) That's weak. <laughs> That's so weak. Using fire to dispatch his victims, and he burned Joe Pesci's head. Um, let's see. So they go, they give here. All I'm going to say is they give like levels of evidence, evidence um, equating things to the, uh, um, the like the iron when he pulls the light bulb thing, and the iron falls on the dude's head in the first one. Um, the hot doorknob, they equate something to that. Blowtorch to the scalp. There's even a picture of the guy from Saw, the bad guy, Jigsaw, and Macaulay Culkin trying to draw comparisons to like how similar they look. Uh, but the big damning evidence at the end oh. of the article is that uh, when Macaulay Culkin in the first Home Alone goes down into the basement and he's mm-hmm. looking around, there is a clown mask that looks vaguely similar to the way to that the they saw like the little like little weird thing on the bike. And so they're like, well, that's obviously oh, after wow. that, it just says case closed. <laughs> he also gets an so. inflatable clown in the second movie, which he also he uses along with he the does. audio of his uncle to help fool the concierge at the hotel. Yes. Wow. So Jesse, Jesse knows better than us about this. I'm going to say that, like, I, I've never seen... I, again, haven't seen the Saw movies, so I don't understand any of the references. Um, but I understand that, like, the Saw movies are essentially, like, overly elaborate, like, mm-hmm. uh, traps and yeah. shit to, like, mm-hmm. torture people. So yeah. I get, like, the kind of base-level comparison. But uh, there's, there's... I mean, like, there's no real... There's nothing there, did, right? Did you just say you've never seen the Saw movies? I've never seen the Saw movies. Oh, like, make a note for Halloween. You said you've never. Make a note for Halloween 2020. <laughs> the next Halloween episode, we're watching all eight Saw movies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, um, I will say, I was really, idea. I was really impressed by the first one. I the actually first thought, one was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the first one it was can great. Stand on its own too. Well, much like a lot of other movies that have gone on way too long, you know, the first Paranormal Activity was pretty terrific and then devolved into a hot fucking mess of witches and bullshit. And, Isn't that one of so. Richard Thomas's favorite movies? <laughs> I mean, it's the movie that most scared Richard Thomas, that's I think. The, I don't know if it's his favorite movie. Yeah, that's the Four Corners movie. I think right he there. watched it. Yeah, I think he watched it at an AWP conference. Mm-hmm. Colorado with <laughs> Axel Tayari. Denver. With yeah. Nick Corpon, and I believe... And Jesse Lawrence. Caleb Ross. Too. Yeah. Jesse might have been there. I was not at the infamous cuddle session <laughs> slash movie screening. <laughs> All right, can, I, can I break in with, like, an unrelated Wait, get this real related. quick, guys. Oh. One more Saw thing. There is another Saw movie in the works. It's called The Organ Donor. It's called Saw Alone. <laughs> <laughs> also any Holy minute shit. now we're gonna find out jesse is the one behind the home alone theory yeah that's yeah yeah Jesse's thanks pen name is whatever that jason concepcion jason yeah. concepcion um i want to say can we get aubrey on here to pronounce that 
<laughs> Conception. Um, Conception. On a previous episode, since we're talking about Richard Thomas and all those people, Axel Terry and stuff, uh, I, I mentioned a book listed as Soul Standard, but titled as Four Corners, and it had five authors instead of four. Mm-hmm. I have it. Do you you got it? it? I would love to see yeah. it. Yes. All right, I have to take my headphones off and go to this awesome bookshelf. For anybody who's watching right now, uh, if you're watching it live or recorded or whatever, those books right there are the books that we've reviewed in eight and a half years on the podcast. And that's only about 60% of them. So above Rob's arm, the top four shelves are all books that we reviewed right here on this podcast. I mean, it's impressive when you see it. And he's only 60%, 63% of the way there. So it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up. I'll be right back. So, um, yeah, Rob found you can go back two episodes, I think, to to get the story behind this. I'm guessing that the result is going to be disappointing and not a book called Four Corners with five authors that happened in a Mandela effect situation in an alternate reality. It <laughs> is Four Corners, Wally Rudolph. It wow. is the book Four Corners by Wally Rudolph. Minus Caleb Ross, Richard Thomas, Axel Terry, and Nick Corpon. Uh, so it is exactly, although it does have that blurb by Scott Phillips. So, friend of the podcast, Scott Phillips. Um, I will not be reading this. Oh. Um, wrapping paper for next year. It's definitely looking like it could be a candidate for wrapping paper for next year. Um, it's just so weird because it was listed as that four corners but it, like everything matched except for the soul standard cover and all of the soul standard authors were listed um so it, it, pretty much the most dif- disappointing of all possible outcomes for this but uh really the try. most the most bizarre coincidence because we really couldn't pin it to anything except that it was accidentally posted as the working title of soul yeah. standard that's the thing that i want to know what caused them to to list soul standard as four corners where did that come from if yeah. you're out there and you know send us an email or something do something do something weird with your hand, <laughs> your hand apparently is what he wants you to do so. wave it around just wave Game it size. yeah uh, um yeah it's time for another gift exchange Ooh. i'll go jesse's oh going. it's jesse's turn okay oh, so we're ending on rob, and, rob and misty have to open theirs first Living. Oh shit! I hit my mic. And you, you all got similar things. So I want to say that when this came in the mail, I completely <laughs> forgot because it came so much in advance. Of it the came in like October. That I started this is to open the it. Postmark October twenty first. I started yeah. to open it, not realizing that this was the gift exchange, and I had to stop myself from looking at what was inside. So I already had opened it. Uh, in a serious well. departure from Jesse's typical fashion, there is not a lot of tape to cut through. <gasps> no tape. No sentiment. Just a tiny teddy. <laughs> okay, Livius, Livius, you can open yours now. Now, I want to say, Livius, yours is similar. <laughs> but yours is... I'm sorry, Rob, Missy, but Livius is this. Special. Special. I hand, I handmade Livius's, and it took me like two, three years 
to make this get away from your microphone, just, man. I was going to say this noise. Get away from your microphone. Oh, he's laughing. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. The work that went into that thing. All right. For anybody who's watching or listening who doesn't understand what's going on. So the the gift that me and Misty got, the tiny teddy, is an arrested development reference to yep. um when Charlie Theron's character, Rita, was talking about having a tidy teddy. Michael thought it was an actual like sexy garment. No, it was a tiny lingerie. teddy bear. Teddy lingerie. Livius, why don't you explain your red teddy? <laughs> so, <laughs> three years ago, Fucking I think it was brilliant. three years ago, on the Halloween episode, we talked about, um, oh, is it how you get rid of an evil spirit? No, it was the um, hide and seek. Hide and seek. Rob has a better memory on this. Any rate, we had to explain to Jesse because <laughs> you had to sew something with red thread, yeah. and Jesse thought that you had to use a whole spool of thread. So then there's endless jokes about how long it would take Jesse to get out of the situation. <laughs> Jesse, I'm putting this back in the envelope and sending it to you because in the event that you ever need it, I don't want you to have to start over, buddy. So this is a throwback to an episode that's three plus years ago and incredibly awesome. Why is your dog humping that teddy? So, I wanted to say, Jesse, Tallulah thinks that this is for her. Wow. <laughs> I guess it is now. <laughs> Somebody's tiny teddy. <laughs> wow. Tallulah's misinterpreting this just the way that Michael did. <laughs> Because it's a little sexy what's going on on the screen right now. No, she just likes stuffed animals. All her toys are stuffed animals. So she thinks that she's got a new toy. Tallulah, seriously, get a hold of yourself. Wow. <laughs> nice job, Jesse. I love it. Yeah, that's hilarious. That, uh, as far as like throwback references go, like I don't think that's going to be. It's fucking great. No. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So... <laughs> Very good. Um, uh, yeah. I know we had this conversation before, but I'm just going to say Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. <gasps> uh, it it is a Christmas to, movie. It we is, don't have to talk and, about it. And Lethal Weapon. So, where you at? And, I don't... I'm no, again, I don't know that because the movie takes place in late December that that makes it a Christmas movie. It does. I don't think Home Alone was a Christmas movie until, until he talks to the old man in the church. That's when I was like, "All right, you can okay, check what, this off the list." What makes a Christmas movie. movie to you then? So I think yeah, there has Santa to be Claus. a Christmas feel to it <laughs> because a movie takes place and it happens to cross December twenty fifth. I don't know that that necessarily makes it a Christmas movie. So all right, so let's go a different route. Um, it could, Old man could, Livius just showed up. I don't die know, hard, I didn't see him. Die Hard have been have been the same movie if it took place in July, and the answer is yeah, it would have been a holiday or an office party for celebrating something. Yes, John, thank you. I know that I'm in the minority on this. John Gatwood says both are absolutely <laughs> Christmas movies. Um, 
th- that argument, you know, holds up only if you're willing to say any movie that takes place on December 25th is a Christmas movie. So Saw sure. been a Christmas movie if we could have established that those events that happen in that room, and for the two of you that have seen it, you know what I'm talking about, just happen to be on Christmas. I'm open to it. Absolutely. I'm on board. That seems like a really lame qualifier to me. It's the only qualifier necessary. I will say this about Die Hard 2, that he 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 wouldn't have done that on July 4th or Memorial Day or Labor Day or Valentine's Day or anyway. None of those days would have gotten him to go to California from his job in New York. It took and also, fucking I'm Christmas pretty sure he also had a to get bear. him to go back. All right. So let's take it, all right. So let me take it one step farther. I don't know if you guys know this, but Schindler's List takes place at the end of December. So now that's also a Christmas movie. Am I correct? Sure. Yep. I guess so. And there you go. Then we know, then we know what it takes. If it goes through Christmas, Christmas movie. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to cue that one up after this. Okay. I think we'll this try to get into the holiday spirit. Do you know what? Might be more of a Hanukkah movie. <laughs> Missy's got a point. So the movie yeah. that everybody should watch as a Christmas movie, obviously, is The Ice Harvest. Yep. I've not seen it. I don't know what that Dude, is. Dude, you've, you've got fucking anecdotes about it being filmed near you. Yes, I actually do. And That's, it yeah. was written by our best friend, Scott Phillips. That's true. All of these things are true. And Siri wants to chime in with something. Siri wants to get involved in this. Uh-uh. Siri is telling us it's it's validating that um, the Schindler's List is a Christmas movie. So also, according... I don't know when Schindler's List takes place. It was just the most like depressing movie I could think of. But I did get yeah. three Liv- people to sign off on it as a I, Christmas movie based on evidence. Livius, what are your criteria for what a Christmas movie is? Yeah, let's hear it. So I would say I would say that um, there's probably so Home Alone I'll use as an example like he gets left home by himself again I think that that movie could have taken place at any time of the year it didn't have to be Christmas but then he ties it into that whole like family thing with the old man at the end and I was like all right I've got it there's a message there about family and about the holidays and, and whatever like I said Die Hard has no such message. And I don't think Lethal Weapon does either, but it's been a really long time since I've seen it. He reconciles with his wife. Yeah, Die Hard. That's, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole, like, yeah. There's a whole thing. And her name is Holly. Oh my god, her name is Holly, Livius. You can't. That's irrefutable. That's bulletproof. What are you doing? Three minutes, Rob. The next episode has to go less than seventy-three minutes <laughs> to get before it's gone completely off the rails. Look, here's what I'll say. I think you guys are mistaken. I absolutely love Die Hard, and it's one of my favorite movies. That being said, I just disagree with the Christmas movie part. Mm. I don't dislike Die Hard like I disliked Home Alone. I think that. This scary. whole phenomena where people call weird things Christmas movies because they're around the time of year of Christmas is people um, like myself uh, don't care for the Santa Claus movies, like the Miracle on 34th Street movies and yeah. some of the other more like really super cheesy and all the Hallmark and Lifetime the movies that come out. Netflix. Movies. Like, <laughs> like I mean, it's just they and it's. 
so nauseatingly Christmas and we know what Christmas is. You don't need that shoved down your throat. So we're looking for an alternative to the Christmas movie. That's what the the Christmas movie in question came out on July 15th in theaters. Okay. Christmas Wait, in July is a thing. I will I'll testify to that. I was in Alaska one summer and um, I had a snowball fight in the middle of July and it felt very Christmassy. So there you go. Oh, John John's quoting Die Hard and he says, Ho ho ho, now I have a machine gun. And then he says case closed. So John Yeah, it's in writing. John, so, so disappointing. Here's the thing. Bruce Willis actually kind of stepped in and, and commented on this, and he said, it's not a Christmas movie, it's a Bruce Willis movie, which is like Whoa. the most like asshole bullshit I've ever heard in my life, which makes me want it to be a Christmas movie more than before, when okay. I didn't actually care. But now it's like a fuck Bruce Willis, it is a Christmas movie movie. So yeah. that's where I'm at with that. So are we saying Miracle 134th Street is a Christmas movie? Yes. Okay, so that's just one example. And I mean, I could sit here for like 10 minutes and do the same thing and find more evidence, but that movie was released May 2nd. What a terrible time to release a Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the other thing, too, that like makes that opens more things up to being Christmas movies. And like, you. The important thing to you is in Santa Claus. It's a feeling of family. It's a it's a feeling. It's an emotion. But that can apply to like any family situation or a different holiday. It could be it could be a family reunion. <laughs> could be just as big of a thing as Christmas yeah. time and whatnot. Okay. And so the Christmas feeling, people are going to get that in May, as well as they would in December. And if you can't get that feeling any other time of the year except one specific time of the year, then you're a cold-hearted dick. <laughs> well, all right, and probably, but, Livius, again, for the record, is yeah. a cold-hearted dick. Yeah. No, exactly. Livius is not a cold-hearted dick. Yeah. I, I'm just taking issue with the, <laughs> the idea that something has to be at a certain time of year for it to apply or to have meaning. Right, but that's so, like saying that a movie that doesn't take place in December or around Christmas then is also a Christmas movie. Like, that's not... It doesn't go the other way around. There are so, touching movies that are certainly not Christmas movies. I guess my question for you, Livius, is like, what are your qualifications for what a Christmas movie is? It um, just can't take place during Christmas. It has to have no. something beyond that. Yes, I was going to say, yeah, typically they would take place around Christmas. I don't think there are any actual Christmas movies that, that take place in August um, of a time frame for, for the, the movie. Um, You know, I don't know if I could define it, but it's probably the things we talk about are on Christmas. So most people spend Christmas with their families. It's a huge gathering of families. Maybe you reach out to loved ones that you don't talk to very often. There's some type of emotion um, behind it. I love Die Hard. I'm not shitting on the movie. I'm shitting on the idea that it's a Christmas (laughs) movie because it's an action movie that happens to take place at Christmas. I mean, plot-wise, there are some things there, right? The whole building's empty because it's Christmas, except for this one company that for some reason has their employees there on Christmas Eve for a Christmas party, like, you know, later into the evening when the whole rest of the building shut down. Like, there are some plot devices it's the that would make it a lot Fox. harder. Yeah. the um, It makes it a lot harder to 
um, to, to string those things together in mid-May or July 15th when it was released. So, I mean, I get why. I just don't necessarily think it automatically qualifies it as a Christmas movie. That's all. I've spent so little time considering what is and isn't a Christmas movie. That I, <laughs> I, I just like that. Honestly, for me, it's just what my family typically watches. Yeah, and yeah. here's what's funny. So every Christmas Eve, we would watch a new movie, a movie that none of us have seen. Um, and typically my dad would pick it. I'm pretty confident because it was always something like Lethal Weapon or Die Hard. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was usually, or like one year it was Speed and I was obsessed with Speed for like the next half of the, of the, of the following cool. year. Good so movie. we always, we watched, I think action movies probably for the most part when I was growing up as Christmas movies because we didn't do the like cheesy Christmas in our house. I'm going to, I'm going to say Livius, I'm going to show you a little graph that I found on the Reddit subreddit data is beautiful that you are absolutely in the minority because around Christmas time, guess what oh. is Google searched way more than any other time of the year. I, I think it's people looking up why do people think this is a Christmas movie? Because that would also count as a Google search. Livius is correct. I, um, I mean, I'd wager. I don't even movie. like it. <laughs> no, I don't go ahead, care for yes. Christmas movies. There's a few that, that happen to be Christmas. Like I said, when I saw Edward Scissorhands came out <laughs> years Home Alone, I was really like, I could be watching Edward Scissorhands right now. Um, no, you, you know, so I'm though. not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of Christmas movies as a general rule. As a matter of fact, uh, Edward Scissorhands is pretty good. I like It's a Wonderful Life, which I would also say is a Christmas movie. Um, I'm struggling to think of another movie that I would say is a Christmas movie that I actually think like, oh, that's a great movie. Like, you know, kiss, some kiss, are okay. Bang, bang, the nice guys. Yeah. Lethal Weapon. Miracle. It's a Wonderful Life could happen any time of the year, though. That's why right. Is that, why yeah. is that one a Christmas movie? Um, because it's at Christmas and has a feeling of community and someone it's so same thing as home alone right he makes a wish everything he he thinks that he's frustrated with goes away and he instantly regrets it it's literally when i was going with that supernatural thing at the beginning of yeah. home alone i was thinking about it for life gotcha. and that movie plays out so uh let's that's... not forget the best christmas movie ever which is krampus <laughs> krampus <laughs> It's also a Christmas movie. Krampus? The Krampus. I actually listened to a podcast with a a Krampus expert, believe it or not. Wait, what? Say that again. That's not a thing. I listened to a podcast where they were interviewing a Krampus expert. She wrote a book on all the, like, legends and lore around Krampus. Is that all it takes to be an expert? (laughs) Well, I mean, she probably knows more than you or I do about it. Maybe. <laughs> I Maybe. feel like certain subjects shouldn't require experts. <clears throat> I'm going to break well, in. I just watch time and say that. Yeah, no, go ahead, Rob. Break in and say that. List says Christmas Vacation. Obviously a Christmas movie. My mom says A Christmas Story. My mom. Aww. Hi, so Rob's my- mom. Those are, those are also Hi, Bennett family favorites. If Christmas is in the title... I think that's another good indicator that it's hey, probably don't a Christmas. Hey, condescend to my mom. 
I'm not. I'm being serious. Like, if you actually put Christmas in the title, there's a good chance that it's not an action movie that masquerades as a Christmas movie. And it's validity. Okay, somewhere around the world, Die Hard in a foreign language has got to be called Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Christmas Hard. Like, can I tell you guys I have not seen a Christmas va- Christmas Vacation or a Christmas Story? We haven't seen... You are done. You have... You have I'm not no a credibility. Of Christmas movies. You have zero I'm credibility. Not a Christmas movies. You have n- absolutely no you credibility. Zero huh? credibility. What the fuck? You man? haven't seen either one of those. Those are. I cannot tell you. My dad and I actually fight over a Christmas story because he's made us watch it so many times. I get angry, and he brings it up just to get a rise out of me. And this doesn't sound like good healthy Christmas family traditions, Miss. No, it's yeah, funny. It it's funny, funny, all in good fun. And then Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase, that is is in the top of all time. I saw Vegas Vacation, and that was enough for me to understand that I wasn't a big fan of the Vacation franchise. That was wrong. Don't (laughs) judge it on that. You only need to watch just Vacation and Christmas Vacation. Those are the only ones that matter. Uh, John's busting in to say that Batman Returns is a Christmas movie, which... (laughs) My very, very vague memory of that movie. I have to agree with him. I don't remember that. Just say it's a Christmas movie like you have about everything else we've talked about. Just agree with them needlessly. That's like, wait, there's no. I'm going to challenge you guys. Can you think of one Thanksgiving movie? I'm challenging you because, like. Home for the Holidays with Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh my god! Look at Jesse. There was actually one that I thought I, I thought of the other day. It was a total Thanksgiving movie, and I can't remember what it is. So I was hoping this is how you guys would save me and help me re- help remind me what the Thanksgiving movie is. But it, you haven't mentioned it yet, so I feel kind of bad. I was gonna come in here like, oh, there's a Thanksgiving movie, pew, 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 and I can't remember what it is. So I feel bad. You guys want to open some more gifts? The Holidays, though, is one of my absolute favorite movies ever, and Robert Downey Jr. is in it, too. Uh, Probably not shockingly, I haven't seen that either. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, John says. Diana, friend of the podcast, just got back from grocery shopping. What up, Diana? Oh, hey, you guys want to open gifts that have the exact same wrapping? This is the Rob. So I'm going to do Wait, why does Misty have two? I'm going to do these one at a time because you all got entirely different things, okay? So, we're going to start with Jesse because he is next to me in the way that I'm looking at everybody. Jesse, you will unwrap your gift first. I'm fingers crossed that you don't already have this. That's why you're going first. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. Oh, fucking hell. That sounds good. David oh. Lynch nudes. Whoa. Right? Is that a book full of David Lynch nude? I hope so. I really hope so. Just That's a bunch of pictures of him standing in a mirror, snapping I don't know. selfies. I'm about to find out. <laughs> oh my God, Libby. Hilarious. So, uh, the reason, Jesse, that I bought this for you is because, like, the moment this got announced, I think I said to Misty, that's going to be what I buy for Jesse for our next uh, gift exchange. It is a book full of nudes that were shot by David Lynch. This is a collection of nude photos shot by David Lynch. Yeah, it's not David Lynch nude. Sorry, Livius. It's a bunch of French girls who are like FBI agents. 
right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't, they very don't, well could don't, be. Yeah. Don't, don't Thanks, show them. Thanks, Rob. Wow. <laughs> Probably can't put that on Facebook. Uh, no. But yeah. Jesse has the uh, biggest David Lynch fan. Read the nipple. Yeah, yeah. So That's awesome. Let's do Misty, if you don't mind. You will be the next victim. Uh, small Which first, one? then big. False, small, then big. Okay. So I want to okay. say that while I was visiting Misty in Dallas, um, she bought a, a book. And I said, oh, I found a first edition of that original printing of that book. And she's like, why didn't you think of me when you got that first printing? So I thought of you, bitch. It is you first, sweet angel. First edition, first printing of The oh, Ocean yeah. at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. Is everybody aware that that's being developed as a TV show? Uh, now I am. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. That and is then, wonderful. So that's the friend. side gift. This is the main gift. And I'm not going to say why I bought this. I want to see if you can figure this out. Oh, no. Don't put pressure on me right now. I mean, I hope you figure it out real quick. Richness. <laughs> It's for Tallulah. Oh my gosh! It's a camera! So it's for, an indoor camera! For anybody watching who is not a familiar, um, it is a canary uh, like uh, smart camera. So basically you put it in your house and you can use it to monitor what's going on in your house when you're not at home. Uh, Missy got a dog within the last year. Her name's Tallulah. And so now when Missy is at work, she can use this camera to see what's going on with Tallulah. Also, on a side note, um, the password for that camera app is available at book podcast or <laughs> patreon.com slash book podcast at the $100 a month category. Rob will sell you the password to that camera in case you want to watch Tallulah too while Misty's at work or whatever. Wait, what? Don't, donor level? Yourself. That is, I'm overwhelmed. That That's is amazing. Really cool. I haven't even bought that. So, I, I just wanted you. to feed into thank your you absolute do. mania an obsession with your dog as much as I could. So that's the best way I can think of to do that. There's Tallulah for everybody who's not listening. Dog. That black hey, blob. Dog. That's all it is on the screen. She's, it's a like a black She's beautiful, Mom. <laughs> She's so beautiful. Alright, so Livius is yeah. last. And uh, while his is very self-explanatory, um, for the audio-only listeners... I will have to explain what's going on. And you probably do need a box cutter to open it up. So it's a good thing you have that prepared. Diana says she is such a cutie. I'm assuming she's talking about Tallulah, but she might be talking about you, Misty. <laughs> so up the three, I feel the best about the, the gift that I got for Livius. So I'm hoping that the re the reaction is good. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Lives the lunch. This is that's fantastic. Insulated lunch bag that says Lives Lunch on it, which is something that comes up on the podcast fairly often. Because that's when I do a lot of my reading. Rob, this is awesome. And 
it's huge because this is about the size of my lunch. <laughs> I don't skimp on food. That is so I feel cute. like there's a glare. That's awesome. No, it's uh, perfect. And that uh, is astute, astute people will notice that it's in the font that our podcast's um, logo is well, in. Um, not necessarily scary. exactly, but it is in the right I, font. Yeah. And it says Lives Lunch. This is awesome, dude. Thank you. Yeah. This is very, very cool. I will tell everybody that now I've gotten two gifts from Personalization Mall today. That's where both this <laughs> mouse pad and this lunch bag came from. <laughs> so if you really want a cool personalized gift, uh, I'm going to fucking tell you that in the weeks it's been since I ordered that fucking lunchbox, it has been nonstop 20%, 30%, 40% off. Like, bullshit christmas emails just trying to get me buy more shit and i'm like there was only one thing i ever wanted from you guys and it's this, this lunch awesome i fucking love it and it's like a legit like it's an igloo like lunch cooler so this is uh yeah, this is very deal. very very cool thank you rob the real i deal. love it yeah. lives lunch you guys you guys all three of you have done a bang up wonderful fucking job as i look around at my desk and my bookshelf totally nice job kids Oh, I can see the. You still got the little. You got the little red bear right behind you. Already has a special place. <laughs> Didn't take so, long at all. I don't see you lives lunch. <laughs> Listen, if this if this episode took place during Christmas, I'd call it a fucking Christmas episode because this is what I'm talking about right oh, here. Well, Aww. you're gonna have to. Can you take a clean cut where you say this is a Christmas miracle or a Christmas episode? Because I'm gonna take a couple days to edit this. So when it hits the actual episode podcast. It'll be an actual Christmas episode. This is a Christmas episode. Boom. There it is. <laughs> That's all I've got, Livius. Do you have anything else for this episode? I don't. Other than my annual well wishes to my co-hosts and their loved ones for happy holidays and, uh, and, a, and a good new year to you guys and to our listeners slash viewers. Hope only the best for you guys this holiday season and next year, at least for the first couple of months. Check back in with me after that. And remember, Livius only cares if it actually happens on Christmas. What? True. No? Yes? All right. <laughs> Are we ending this? Are we going to cut the live feed and just go to like party together? Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, I think we're it. All right. So Break out the a... hoots. Break out the hooch. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish this up with a little personal uh, uh, employees only party. Uh, so we're cutting the live feed. We're gonna go and and have a little conversation uh, and share in some fun and, and stuff like that. So thank you all for for watching live as we did this. Thank you anybody who's listening to this as an episode after the fact. That's gonna wrap it up for the office holiday party for 2019. Join us next week when we do our year in review episode. And until then, join us next week where we review a book called... Don't. We're not going to talk about what book it's called. Suffice it to say, we will be reviewing what potentially could be the best book of 2019. That's right. And then, after that, there will be a year in review that I was talking about before. Until then, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Keep holidaying. <laughs>